January 8th, 2018. And Donald Trump is a very stable genius. Only the most stable of geniuses say so. We'll talk about the book that unearthed that revelation, Fire and Fury, colon, Inside the Trump White House. Shouldn't it just be colon, Inside the Trump White House? Now that is a book that will sell. Hey, speaking of ass, uh, we'll talk about the Department of Justice's new policy for policing marijuana. But wait, shouldn't it be speaking of ass, we'll talk about a new study that reveals America's sexiest secrets? Now that is a segue, my friend, that will sell. Hey, we've got fixes for everything on this episode of The American Race. Chad, it's 2018, and that means that weed is now legal in California. Yeah. Oh, wait. I live in Texas. But is it, though? Is uh, it? Well. Because we got some interesting news. Your boy, the Confederate Keebler Elf, as you call him, Jeff Sessions, <laughs> personal favorite. the Attorney General and head of the Department of Justice, mm-hmm. he wants to overturn Obama-era policies that kept the feds from prosecuting states that legalized marijuana. You mean they didn't like something that Obama had? I know, it's shocking that they wanted to overturn something Mm -hmm. that he did, but here we are. Okay. Uh, He's long wanted to reignite the war on drugs, and this is something that's been questioned even by his own interns in a recently leaked uh, piece of video footage where they called him out on it. Let's take a listen. You support pretty harsh policies for marijuana and pretty lax gun control laws. I'm not even sure where you stand on the assault weapons ban. So I'd like to know, since guns kill more people than marijuana, why lax laws on one and harsh laws on the other? Um, well, that's um, apples and oranges. No, it's not. Question, I would say first mm-hmm. and foremost. But um, the Second Amendment, you're aware of that. Of course. Perverse, uh, uh, huh, that was kind of silly. Guarantees the right to the American people to keep and bear arms. And I intend to defend that Second Amendment. It's as valid as the First Amendment. Mm-hmm. Mansplain and, uh, it. So that's my basic <laughs> philosophical view about it. Tell that woman um, what's up. Right. Look. 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 <laughs> there's this view that marijuana is harmless and it does no damage. I believe last year was the first year that uh, automobile accidents that occurred were found to have been caused more by uh, drugs than by uh, alcohol. Not a real drug. Um, hmm. Marijuana is not a healthy right. substance, in my opinion. The American Medical Association is crystal clear on that. Do you, you believe that? Tell that woman how to think, right. Jeff. Okay. So, um, Dr. Um, whatever your name is, uh, oh. so you can write the AMA oh, oh, oh. and uh, see why they Jeffrey. think otherwise. Mm. That's uh, that was that was a plus mansplaining from a guy who got a plus from the NRA. For those who were listening, that was a young, probably a millennial, mm-hmm. likely liberal, white woman that was speaking, and that's awesome. Like I appreciate her candor. I completely agree with her myself. But there's a group that I was really hoping to hear from when I heard this break. <laughs> This essentially is a state's rights issue, uh-huh. is it not? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're all the flag waving, you know, Confederate monument preserving, states' rights supporting conservatives at on this issue, because I haven't really heard too many of them speak up and speak out against this. Like, where's MAGA at? Where yeah. are they at on this? You know, is this not an overreach by the federal government? Seems like it. I mean, I thought Alabama was the state of all states that was all about I, like, hey, this is my state. We do it a different way here. Right. So much so that the different way. <laughs> Probably more had different ways. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That, like, that was his argument. You know, so I'm just wondering where they are, because that's what I was really. That's that's, you know, again, I appreciate everything she had to say. I completely agree with everything she had to say but man and you know of course it's interesting like i feel like if he was speaking to one of them he probably wouldn't have addressed them in the same manner as he addressed her because like you know he mains mansplained the shit out of that to her um but yeah like for the issue of safety um you can't Look, if this is just about safety, alcohol is way worse. As I sit here and drink this beer, alcohol is way <laughs> worse for somebody than marijuana is. And Obviously. he even mentioned, like, well, there's been more drugs, which, as you pointed out, was a very convenient use of words. Yes, drugs, but, not marijuana. Right. Which is what she's talking about. Exactly. Which is what we're all talking about. We're all talking. That's what they were talking about at some point with the opioid epidemic, right? Yeah. 
You know, when we saw Tiger Woods pulled over and was looking all messed up, was that off of weed or was that from opioids? It was from opioids. Yes. So, you And when you're changing the marijuana policy, then it's obviously about marijuana. It's not about drugs. Like, let's keep it it above board here. Right. Let's just stay in that lane. Stay in the pocket, Jeff. You know. Quit scrambling. And (laughs) Oh, those Alabama QBs and rolling out the pocket. But no. Yeah, like it's and and really for the record, first and foremost, Jeff Sessions can get the hell out of here with anything coming out of his mouth that's supposed facts, whether he has backup from the American Medical Association or not, which is suspect in itself Mm because you know lobbying for hey this drug okay this drug not, but Jeff Sessions until you can remember anything that has to do with the Russia investigation, (laughs) I hate to conflate the two issues, but I'm sorry. Until you can actually remember anything from that, I don't really want to hear you commenting on really any matters of policy, particularly if it's for you know the safety of the American public. Because that tells me you don't really give a damn about the American public. Exactly. I mean, that's the issue that really got it for me. Yeah. Is like, don't try to like. I am not here for this anymore. Where it's about my safety. Yeah. Just she had a very good point. If you care about safety in this country, and that is what you're saying, this is about which it's not, it's a lie. Mm -hmm. But if that's what you're saying it's about, then there is no way you can be pro-guns. There is no way you can't support common sense gun regulation. There is no way you can't support all of these laws that Jeff Sessions is so in favor of. Like, just get out of here. Like that, first of all, is a, is a very, very valid point that he dismisses and acts like it's just totally out of, out of like irrelevant. But this idea that you're going to make people safer uh, by putting them in jail for marijuana is insane. It is so insane. You know what's like, you know what's really unsafe? Jail. Jail. (laughs) Jail is super unsafe. It would probably be in my top three places of like things that are unsafe. Like, I think it's like one that cage that you get into f- to feed sharks and then like <laughs> yeah. the second one is like maybe like syria and then three is jail jail the number one joke we have about jail is that either you get stabbed with like a sharp toothbrush or you get raped yeah so to, yeah. to say that like you're gonna keep me safe by keeping me from smoking marijuana or buying it mm-hmm. in a legal context the worst thing that has ever happened to me when i've smoked weed is like halfway through a movie i forgot what was happening like right. like that's the worst thing i went what uh right. what what's going on dude stained your couch with crushed cheetos or something <laughs> or you know woke up in a pile of cereal whatever exactly yeah. so just that argument for marijuana doesn't fly in general mm-hmm. arresting people for anything as a way to keep them safe mm-hmm. is ludicrous and when it's coming from a dude who is so pro guns the most like obviously huge threat to your safety in this country yeah to be more disingenuous is it's just not possible right and then you mix it with that little nice touch of mansplaining doctor whatever your name is some a class just bullshit from jeff because we know here's the thing we know about jeff sessions he's super racist Mm -hmm. doesn't care for people of color he's from alabama the state where they often invoke state rights to keep people of color down. Hmm, right. That's another uh, little bit of cognitive dissonance there. Um, and that's what the war on drugs is really about, right? We've been doing this for 30 years, more than that. Mm-hmm. We know what this is. It what this is. It's a way to arrest people. It's a way to disenfranchise them. Yeah. Uh, shocker. It's no surprise that Jeff Sessions uh, is one of the um, gets more campaign contributions from pr- the private prison system than almost anybody else in Congress before he was the attorney general. When people say something that doesn't make any sense logically, mm-hmm. when you break it down, when you break down the logic of their statements and it just doesn't, doesn't tread any water, like that means they're saying it for another reason. Yeah. You know, people don't just do things willy nilly and do things that don't make sense. It still makes sense to them. Jeff Sessions is doing something that makes sense. The war on drugs makes sense to him. It's just not the agenda that he's sharing with us. So Jeff, why don't you, act, why don't you just not act so dismissive when people call you and your bullshit? I know, I know that's too much to ask, but I mean, <laughs> I, I think she had a good point. That's all I'm saying. She had a great point. You might yeah. not remember to do that. Yeah. Chad, let's talk about this new uh, book that's out about the Trump white house. It's getting all sorts of attention, right? It's blowing up. Michael Wolf, the author, is all over the airwaves. 
It's called The Fire and Fury, colon, Inside the Trump White House. And um, I would say I'm not really sure why it's getting so much attention because, I don't know, for me, it's telling us something that I would hope that most people knew for a long time, which is that this whole thing is totally off the rails. Correct. And that uh, Donald Trump's brain is full of squirrels, basically, that he has no idea what's going on and he might literally have dementia. And I mean, I guess if you read the book and it shocked you or if you're reading the book and it shocked you, um, I would ask where you've been. I guess Amazon is like delivering to caves now and under rocks (laughs) and all sorts of places. But uh, I think it is worth mentioning because it's getting the White House so upset. Like, I think they've reacted to this book in the way they haven't necessarily reacted to certain articles or pieces or journalism in general. And maybe it's because it's a book. It's a bigger deal. It's more permanent. Um, It's got more scope. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it is worth talking about the way he wrote the book. And I think it's worth talking about why it had such an impact. Because to me, the thing that's different about this one than a lot of the other pieces, and I think this speaks to the media and their relationship for better or worse with Donald Trump, is that Michael Wolff, like, he has receipts for this. <laughs> like A lot. A stack. He, he, yeah. has, he has, like, everything written down, everything on tape, and he actually uses the people's names in this book, which I think is a big fundamental difference. Mm-hmm. It's something that, you know, you can't hide behind anonymous sources. You can't say, oh, I didn't say that. You have to look. Don- Donald Trump can look you in the eye now, Steve Bannon. <laughs> Sloppy Steve. Sloppy Steve. Sloppy Steve. <laughs> and say... Hey, why did you say all those horrible things about me on page two forty-seven and one thirty-seven? And what, I, like, like he's reading the book. I'm kidding, but, but, but I'm just saying, like, it's it's holding people accountable because it's actually calling them out and using names specifically. And I feel like this could be a model for how to cover the Trump White House going forward. As a caveat, like, by no means do I think that this book and its quote-unquote, you know revelations will lead to some dynamic change and that so much of his support will now finally come around to, Mm. you know, the rest of us with fucking common sense where we're at here. (laughs) Yeah. Um, you know, because really, and I haven't read the book yet and I'm caught up in this moral dilemma of like, is there any way that Steve Bannon profits from this? Like, do I buy the book? <laughs> you know, can I playing? get it on bootleg? Like, is somebody going to be, I'm really hoping I can go to the barbershop and they got like a bootleg copy of the book or something like that. Yeah, That'd be yeah. great. But you know, um, and, and really, revelations. Like, yeah, you know what I got from this? Water is wet. Dirt is dirty. <laughs> oil is oily. But I do appreciate the model because, like you said, it's receipts. These are people's actual names assigned mm-hmm. to this. And we've talked about how the media needing to be um, an entity for truth, not just for entertainment. There are times here and there where it can be for entertainment. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not going to put our podcast up here with the ranks of, you know, media conglomerates. But, yo, know, we want to be informative, but we also want to entertain to a degree. Yeah. Um, and shit, sometimes information is just entertaining as hell, uh, as this was. But I do appreciate the fact that you have actual names attached to this because you don't get anybody being like, oh, well, this is, you know, uh, uh, and all the mental contortion that goes around with that. Now, w- again, with that said, I fully expect. Um, the administration and good old Sarah Huckabee to come out and get, deliver whatever BS they got on this and that it's not real and it's fake. We already saw sloppy Steve mm-hmm. and all that crap. You know, you know what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but it's still a little bit harder. And I appreciate this model because it makes them hard. It makes them have to work. If you're going to lie, we ain't going to make this shit easy for you. Yeah. Exactly. And when you, and it's going to make it easier for people to see that you are in fact lying. Yeah. You know, I don't, believe that the majority of the masses are going to come out and be like, Oh my God, it's all been a sham. I wish, (laughs) you know, but you know, I mean, that's start. Yeah. I mean, that's the big thing to me is like, it's speaking more to the, how the media operates in relationship to power. Correct. Because Michael Wolf is out in the wilderness and he's not like a journalist that I think has a lot to lose. He was willing to like burn the access codes here. He was yeah. like, this dude will never be like asked back to the White House or anybody like have any relationship with any of these people ever again. Yeah. He looked, he walked over the bridge and he threw that like some kerosene on that bitch and lit it on fire. And I kind of support that. Like, yeah. you know, I had said, you know, a couple of weeks ago that, that the media shouldn't cover him at all, that Trump or anybody in the administration, because all they do, all you're doing is giving them 
like a, a you know a soapbox for their propaganda and their bullshit. And these people, obviously, it's been proven now they have no interest in the truth of of, of any kind. Mm-hmm. But this might be an even better way to do it. And I think at some point the media needs to be honest about their relationship with power in general, because I think on some level, and this is what they're not admitting, and I think this is why they've had such a tough road calling Trump out for his bullshit, is that they like Trump. On some level, they enjoy it because you know what? For their ratings. The ratings are through the roof. Yep. That gives them higher salaries. That makes their life better. People are watching them. It gives them more attention. Mm -hmm. They like the access that they have. And for that reason, they're always inherently not giving us the real, most harsh, black and white version of what they know. Because if they do, they won't get invited back. And I think like this is something we have to really consider going forward. Um, The media needs to, to consider how worth it is that access if it keeps you from doing what you're supposed to be doing in the first place, which is telling people what's actually going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, I like that about this book and whether that's possible, I don't know. But I mean, I just, sometimes I consider like the media is part of the establishment too. Like somebody like Anderson Cooper makes millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. Yeah. And this is someone we're relying on to like, you know, have his ear to the ground and know what the people are about and know what's going on. This is also somebody with a lot to lose, you know? These are things that we really need to consider in terms of, like, the the quality of our institutions. Mm-hmm. And I think this book, whatever, I mean, we'll get into our interpretation of it here in just a second. Uh, it's it's most, mostly, like, a scintillating soap opera, gossipy kind of real housewives Still kind of thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Girl. But, um, but if anything, I think it's instructive in the way it's gotten to them by using real names, people, places, and 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 like not pulling any punches. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. I think it's interesting that, yeah, Michael Wolf did burn the access codes because he's going to make enough money off of this shit to where he won't need to go back for anything else. You know? Yeah, it worked he for him. He can go retire on some island somewhere and like he'll be good. But um, yeah, let's get into some of the, some of the more interesting uh, parts of the book. Yes. You know... There's been much talk about this book from the press, the media, including ourselves. Like I said, maybe we've been going about this all wrong. Mm -hmm. The title is indeed Fire to Fury. (laughs) This is a book of passion. It is. Incredible passion. Tremendous passion, even. Mm. I'd say so. Bigly passion. (laughs) So, for your listening entertainment, perhaps we should... uh, Share some select excerpts, you know, and do so in a way that truly captures its smoldering intensity. Mm. Want to make sure that you, the listener, can decide for yourself. So grab someone close to you, light up the fireplace, roll out the bearskin rug, turn on some of that soft Yaz flute. Yeah, that's right. It's time for. Fifty Shades of Orange. You know that's not fake news. No, that's real, baby. Brought to you by the soulful, sultry sounds of Mr. Randy Agabor and Miss Janelle Lutz. Mm. This first excerpt is about Trump's daughter, Ivanka. Oh, yeah. Telling her friends about the secrets of her father's hair. She treated her father with some lightness. Even irony. And in at least one television interview, she made fun of his comb-over. She often described the mechanics behind it to friends. An absolutely clean pate. A contained island after scalp reduction surgery. Surrounded by a fury circle of hair around the sides and front from which all ends are drawn up to meet in the center and then swept back and secured by a stiffening spray. The color, she would point out, to comical effect, was from a product called Just For Men. The longer it was left on, the darker it got. 
Impatience resulted in Trump's orange blonde hair color. Baby, that's cold. <laughs> According to Wolf's book, Trump has three TVs in his White House bedroom. He hardly reads and struggles to process information. Trump didn't read. He didn't really even skip. If it was print, it might as well not exist. Some believe that for all practical purposes, he was no more than semi-literate. There was an argument about this, because he could read headlines and articles about himself, or at least headlines on articles about himself, and the gossip squibs on the New York Post page six. Some thought him dyslexic. Certainly, his comprehension was limited. Others concluded that he didn't read because he just didn't have to. And that, in fact, this was one of his key attributes as a populist. He was post-literate. Total television. My next one's called Trump tried to have sex with other people's wives. Oh, man. Quote, Trump liked to say that one of the things that made life worth living was getting your friend's wives into bed. In pursuing a friend's wife, he would try to persuade the wife that her husband was perhaps not what she thought. Then he'd have his secretary ask the friend into his office. Once the friend arrived, Trump would engage in what was, for him, more or less constant sexual banter. Do you like having sex with your wife? How often? You must have had a better fuck than your wife. Tell me about it. I have girls coming in from Los Angeles at three o'clock. We can go upstairs and have a great time. I promise. All the while, Trump would have his friend's wife on the speakerphone listening in. End quote. Oh yeah. Damn. And this ice cream sundae wouldn't be complete without the cherry on top. That is Melania. J. Probably not her middle initial Trump. Hmm. Melania Trump, who had been assured by her husband that he wouldn't become president, could return to inconspicuously luncheon. Losing would work out for everybody. Losing was winning. Shortly after 8 p.m. on election night, when the unexpected trend, Trump might actually win, seemed confirmed. Don Jr. told a friend that his father, or D.J.T., as he calls him, Mm. looked as if he had seen a ghost, an apparition. Melania was in tears. These weren't tears of joy, baby. No. Tears of sorrow. So sad. That was beautiful. Let's turn the lights back up. Oh, back up. Let's turn the lights up, Chad, but we'll keep it in the sexy place that we're in. And uh, instead, I just want to kind of point it in the direction of Silicon Valley because, you know, we love to... uh, I, I like to personally make fun of Silicon Valley. I mean... I, I appreciate on some level their desire to make things better. I, I think that's kind of what I'm about. I think that's what we're about. That's what right. we're talking about. That's what we're here for. Improvement, growth. But I cannot help but think it's super funny that they keep inventing things that already exist. <laughs> like last week I read this article where they were talking about a new trend in San Francisco and it's called co-living where you share a living space with like-minded people who share your interests and everyone was like, uh, that's called roommates. Yeah. <laughs> like, splitting the rent. <laughs> I think we've had this this for a while. This like living with like-minded people who share your interests. Yeah, that's called like having a friend who's a roommate. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, you want to live with me, buddy? Like we should get a place together. I think that's been around for like a hot minute, but that's cool. There's not a Kickstarter for that? No? <laughs> <laughs> there should be. Is there an app for this? I mean, I guess there is. Right. It's called Airbnb, maybe. Yeah, basically. Um, but... Uh, I was also laughing because this week there was a story in Vanity Fair and it was about how everyone in Silicon Valley is now having, not everyone, 
But they're not a, careful. You don't just walk into the city and there's just an orgy happening. But um, everybody in Silicon Valley, like there's these groups of people that are starting to have these wild sex parties, which is, I would say, I would guess, I mean, I've seen Eyes Wide Shut. I would assume this is something that rich people do. It's just, yeah. you put on masks, you do weird stuff. Right. You're, you're bored. You have a lot of free time. Yeah. But uh, I thought what was funny about the article is the way the people talked about the parties mm. that they were having. Like they were some sort of like, bold revolutionary life choice like we're we're disrupting the status quo of sex like we're doing it a new way we're brave enough to to change things and it's like uh yeah you guys are just having orgies <laughs> like that's been around for like a while uh you should maybe like read like your 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 ancient greek history or something like right. that, 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 that greeks you know, romans yeah that shit went down for a while people in the 60s I just think it's really funny that like Silicon Valley can't admit that it's basic. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's like, they're always trying to, they're, they're doing stuff that's pretty basic, but it's like, they got to put the spin on it mm-hmm. to where it's like, you know, next level. But anyway, um, I bring it up. I bring up the sex thing because as much as I like to f- poke fun of what they're talking about, I do think there is some truth in there. And it was, it reminded me of another article I saw this week that I thought was really interesting. Um, and it was also about tech and it was also about sex and it comes from this new book called, uh, everybody lies. And it's about this data scientist who worked for Google and now he's doing more like research stuff for Harvard and, and he basically collected all of this data from anonymous Google searches. Right. And he was able to comb through it. And one of the things that he was really focused on was our porn searches. Hey, yeah. And I felt like this was like one of the most telling things that I had read because we basically learned that everyone in the world is a freak. He was talking about how Google is basically this ultimate truth serum. Like when you're alone with your computer mm-hmm. and there's no one around to judge you, that you, what you type into the computer is what is in your heart <laughs> and maybe other parts the of your body. Glass. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's what's deep in your soul and it's what gets you going. And the surprising and maybe not, maybe should not be surprising revelation of this was that everybody's a freak, that everybody is into weird stuff. And for the amount of people who are in straight relationships, I'm a in shape male, you're an in shape female. That's like our idea platonic, you know, straight binary relationship that when they're in the, the privacy of their own homes, they're into something much, much different. Something far weirder. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the takeaways were, you know, things like women were really into lesbian searches. Men were really, in, like, there were more gay men than were actually out. More gay men in the closet than actually out. There was all these little things that came out that revealed that, like, people have this inability to be honest about themselves and to me, it really spoke to something that was bigger and kind of really prevalent in our society today and our politics today. And it is what this repression is actually doing to us and the way we treat one another. That we're being told so often that we need to keep things inside and be a certain way that it's basically causing us to act out and treat each other in ways that aren't fair and that aren't good. And I see so much of this in the politicians that we have. I think a lot of it is, like you said, good word binary, is that we've formed this this kind of binary um, model where everybody's one thing, everybody's something else. And you can't possibly, the thing is this, it's not zeros and ones. There's zeros, ones, twos, threes, E's that look like threes and shit. Like people probably a lot more like um, what a MySpace page would have looked like back in there. We got threes for E's and you know, <laughs> Z's for S's and all that kind of crazy shit. Uh, the real thing is that people are gonna have to start living their truths mm-hmm. because in trying to live the lie and keep with the lie, that's where you're getting this division. In trying to keep that lie and to fit into these small little segments of this is right, this is wrong. That's why we're treating one another the way we treat one another. Yeah. Um, As opposed to just being open and accepting of it. And just understanding that, you know what? There are some people who are quote unquote freaks. 
you know, whatever that means. <laughs> there are other people who are maybe just really, like, if we want to just go off of pejoratives and put those at the end of the spectrum, you have freaks and you have people who are just boring as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but we've attached some, like, righteousness towards being on that spectrum closer to the boring end yeah. than being on the freakish end, so to speak. And, man, the fact of the matter is that if you really took the masses of people, and you can be whatever you want. You can be, in my eyes, with whomever you want, anywhere on that spectrum. But if you really took the masses, you'd probably find people moving the needle towards freak and that's just what it is and it's okay to be that like it's okay to just live your truth you get one life to live yeah you know don't spend it living a lie and the fact that so many people are doing that that's why we're treating it that's why you have (laughs) people who are closeted you know politicians and they have this anti-gay agenda Mm -hmm. and it's like but if you would just accept who you are Exactly. You know, and if you would just accept who you are and be an example to others to accept who they are, for other people in your party or fit your ideology that believe the same thing, then maybe we'd all start treating each other better. Maybe we'd all start seeing each other for who we really are instead of trying to judge each other based off of who we should be. Exactly. There is so often when you're trying to control or tamp down somebody else that you're trying to control or tamp down something inside of you that you haven't Mm -hmm. come to peace with. And you said it. That's the perfect example. Um, You see like somebody like Roy Moore, who is obviously troubled. Mm -hmm. And you just wonder like if he had been more honest about the like his urges and the problems that he had and if he had sought help for it and dealt with it yeah that maybe he wouldn't have done all those horrible things and maybe yeah. he could have gotten a handle on it and maybe he could have been a different person or a better person but instead he went this other way where he just kept pushing it down and just denying it denying it denying it then he turns into this hypocritical monster yeah where he's just out there doing all this crazy stuff and 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 I see that in so many of these people who have these kind of fascist authoritarian tendencies where they want to tell everybody else what to do. They often strike me as these people who aren't comfortable with who they are. We had Donald Trump this week, right? Mm-hmm. And this is the real reason I brought this article up and why I thought it was relevant to kind of the stuff that we talk about. Donald Trump tweeting about the nuclear button, which is literally like, uh, he's basically trying to start a <laughs> nuclear war on Twitter. Yeah. But he does it in this way that is so obviously about his dick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you know how they say like rich guys, you know, they buy sports cars, like a penis car or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, and, and here, here Donald Trump is literally tweeting about my button is bigger than your button. <laughs> He's obsessed with the size of his hands. Like, I don't know what's going on with Donald and Trump. And his button works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my button works and your right. says, whatever. <laughs> these weird fantasies that he's projecting, yeah. these weird issues that he's projecting onto the whole world that are obviously so, ob- like, that are so clearly about him. And I just wonder if this guy would have just been okay with like whatever's going on inside of his pants. Like, <laughs> if none of this would have happened, I genuinely wonder. Yeah. Like, if that's if we got to this incredibly complex world where you and I can have a show where we talk for an hour about all the trickle down effects of what this guy is doing, and it's for something as simple as like this guy feels really insecure about his manhood. <laughs> I mean, and I just I the more I think about it. The more I think that people do these such elaborately complicated things for these very core fundamental simple reasons that they can't come to terms with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, I was watching Ancient Aliens this week. Okay. (laughs) Ancient (laughs) Aliens, go on. (laughs) And uh, don't worry. The the truth that I'm about to share with you is not from Ancient Aliens specifically. Okay. I, I wasn't going to say it's all about aliens. But, uh, <laughs> Donald Trump is an alien. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Mayans, no. Um, <laughs> but that show to me was informative in this sense as well. Like here you have these people who are Mayans, right? Mm-hmm. And or who, whatever they're talking about that show. And they're coming up with all these elaborate ways to look out at the world and explain it. It's like, I don't know shit about what's going on in the world right now. Right. Right. So there's these gods and there's this story and this God does this thing. And the, this God has this attribute and this God's mad at that God. And then we're going to build a temple. And then, Oh, now we're going to, now we're sacrificing people. Now we're actually murdering each other for this thing that I just made up. And it's all because I'm just scared shitless and it's dark out there. And when the sun goes down, I don't know what the fuck is going on and I'm freaking out. And they create this elaborate world that is just, it's all because they just don't want to be like, I'm scared. Yep. And 
oh, are you scared? No, I'm not scared. I'm not scared. Are you scared? No, I'm not scared. No, we're not scared. We got this all figured out. And this whole world forms around. And then not only that, in the show itself, you have these people who now think that aliens are the reasons that Mayans exist. And they've convinced themselves of all these things that they've basically built their life around this weird belief. And they started talking about it and people probably made fun of them for it. Mm-hmm. And then they got, com- they held on to the idea that aliens are the reasons that Mayans were so advanced. And the- now you have these dudes who are on this show talking about aliens and <laughs> it like, and all they, it's just because they can't admit that they thought something stupid once. Right. <laughs> they they couldn't say, you know what? That alien theory that I had, that was dumb. Yeah. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, and now they've dedicated their entire life to it. And they're sitting there with a weird haircut on this show that's insane. And I just thought, like, this is so what's going on. Our our politics is like ancient aliens. I, I mean, our politics is somebody sitting there with a weird haircut. <laughs> exactly. While this show was going on. Yes. That's exactly what it is. So there's so many parallels there to that. Um I was actually watching a show uh, this for the last couple of days. Um, She's got to have it, which is a Netflix series now based off the 1986 Spike Lee film that centers around this black woman uh, living in Brooklyn who is a polyamorous pansexual. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's that's a lot to take. (laughs) I had to practice that a couple times. (laughs) But um, basically, look, she's dating three guys. She's sleeping with three guys, um, but she's, you know, using protection, all the good stuff. Like, she has her rules. They only get down in her bed at her place. Mm-hmm. Um, she also has an interest in a woman. Um, and it's just kind of all about how, you know, spoiler alert, she she goes about these experiences with each of them. And each of them kind of, like, represents a part of you know, something that she wants and they come together to form like the perfect person. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, and you know, I think a lot of us hope to find a perfect person that would complete ourselves. But in the end, she learns like she has to look to herself to complete herself. So all these notions of her being a freak and oh my gosh, you're with multiple partners and why are you not fitting into this binary, you know, uh, notion of who you should be, so on and so forth, that she had to grow to learn to accept who she is and that she's not going to find that anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And you don't find that with other people. You don't find that by, you know, knocking down other people. Um, And whether, you know, in her case, it's not so much that she messed up really, but you just have to accept yourself for who you are. Yeah. If you mess up, fine. If it's, Hey, I kind of operate a little bit outside of the box, which was the case for her. So be it. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's the thing. Like if, if we were just all a little bit more accepting of who we are, It'd be so much easier to accept other people for who they are. Exactly. Like, how much do you think we could solve a lot of these problems that we deal with, social issues specifically, if, like, we just had, like, some sort of psychological, you know, course when we're growing up that teaches yeah. us how to, like, self-examine? Right. You know, it, it, like, I look at these guys who are causing all this trouble in the world, and this might sound reductive, but, I, you know, I mentioned Trump, like, mm-hmm. his kind of thing. Like, somebody like Jeff Sessions short guy kind of goofy we make fun of him for being an elf but that's only because he's a piece of shit now but i mean exactly. i'm sure like when he was in school he got made fun of like vladimir putin is five five like these people all have like little things mm-hmm. that so obviously kind of seem to inform like their worldview like they have a chip on their shoulder because of it uh, you see it with athletes like you know some of the greatest athletes mm-hmm. got there because of this drive that uh, because of something that happened to him you know like tom brady got replaced his senior season uh, Michael Jordan got cut by his JV team. It made him psychotic. Like you, know, <laughs> uh, you just see all these things that happen, yeah. and you realize like how um, for foundational and how formational these events, these really tiny things are. And I just wonder if we. It sounds like a platitude, so we don't really give a lot of credence to it. It sounds like you know, like I said, like something that might be stitched on a pillow. But I, I, I genuinely wonder if we started thinking about these things in more of like a personal introspective way instead of an outside way um, that we'd make a lot more progress a lot quicker. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like um, that, uh, that Tolstoy quote that's basically like so many people talk about, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like so many people talk about the change that they want to see in the world. And yet so few people embody the change that they, that they prescribe. Right. It's like be the change. So the Gandhi people- quote, be the change 
you want to see is that it to paraphrase yeah 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 so i mean i just i I don't know like the more i think about it the more i think it just might not be that that complicated i don't really think it is i think there's a lot of things that we do to kind of muddy the waters and whatnot and i always say a lot lot of these things really aren't as complex as they seem Mm -hmm. and they really do come from such a foundational and formational place that you had mentioned and you know if a lot of us did take the time to be more introspective about who we are we would see so many of the similarities of ourselves at our core you know, than the differences. Yeah. You know, there are differences that we have and those differences are worth celebrating. And those differences can, may have years of history behind them. Um, and there's a bunch of merits to that. But at our core, who we are as people, it's not going to be that much different, you know? And in this study, like, that's what he would talk about. He would say, like, and I just think this is such a perfect, like, little microcosm of this phenomenon. It's like, right. he would talk about how he, so he had access to all the anonymous, like, Pornhub mm-hmm. data, right? And he said, like, in India, people are really into this fantasy of breastfeeding, like men are. Wow. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that does sound weird, but, like, no judgment. I, I mean, guess yeah, that's no, there's no preaching. judgment. It's, just, it's still going to make my eyes like, oh. <laughs> and he said it was, like, it was, like, mass spread. Yeah. Like, the searches were off the roof, or, or like, off the charts. But, like, if he asked anybody about it, no one would admit it. Hell no. And so here are all these people hiding this thing that they all have in common when they could really just be, I don't know, like uh, getting along. <laughs> Basically. Breastfeeding each other. <laughs> he said the same thing in like Japan, like tickling. Like, you know, they're all really into tickling. But if you ask about it, they won't say anything about it. And like, you know, and you see it here. And in, in, in the deep south, there was a lot more people searching, you know, for gay, like a lot mm-hmm. more men searching mm-hmm. for gay porn than were actually out and open and gay in the open. Yep. And just, you know, it's like we could all be having a lot better time. <laughs> and a lot more fun. So. Yeah. <laughs> so let's all be freaky. That's all I'm saying. Let's all get really weird. You want to talk about this uh, piece of human dog shit, Logan Paul? Mm, yeah. <laughs> you seem really Jeez. excited about it. <laughs> God, this guy. Okay, so for people who don't know, I mean, basically, Logan Paul is a YouTuber. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's in the top 50 of subscribers. I think he has like 15 million subscribers on YouTube. I mean, this guy is like caked up from YouTube. Brother of Jake Paul. It's every day, bro. Yeah. Guy. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's every day. That's the problem. It's every day. You're right. Yeah. It's every day it's with every this shit. Every fucking day with Just, this shit. I have to listen yeah. to you. So, yeah, I mean, basically, he he went to Japan, and the, the real controversy started when he went to the suicide forest in Japan. It's a place where a lot of Japanese people go to commit suicide in peace. You know, like it's a common, commonly known thing uh, in the culture. Uh, and he basically goes out there and he's films a dead body. And he's like, Oh, I can't believe no one's ever done this before. Blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. And you know, he's kind of shocked. He can't believe like he's the first person to ever think about it all the while, not realizing that like, actually I'm sure lots of people have thought maybe I should go in here and film this. They just weren't big, big enough pieces of he Columbus did. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. It's like, yeah, they just weren't horrible enough to do it. And that's kind of exactly the way I feel watching this video is because this suicide thing wasn't the worst. I mean, that wasn't all. Everything he did in Japan was offensive. Everything he did was horrible. They, they, uh, we are unicorns cut together a video and we could take a listen to it right now, but it's just, it's total disrespect for Japanese culture across the board. I just got to be careful to not like disrespect the culture. Japan is all about the respect. And here he is running around in a rice hat, a kimono, dabbing. Dumb Americans have arrived. Look good. Oh, don't worry about me. I'm just a vlogger. Gotta be careful to not like disrespect the culture. Tokyo is a real life cartoon. Yeah, it's a cartoon. He's gonna eat the GoPro. What did he do? No. Look how it is in Japan. He's harassing people. So we're gonna be respectful. Look, they just screaming in the streets. The whole thing. What's the issue? This one, it's just for breaking people's merchandise. He runs around in a Pikachu outfit and he throws a, a Pokemon ball at people and says, "I choose you." Mm-hmm. Uh, he throws sushi at people, puts it on their cars. Um, just like not only just stereotypical racist bullshit that you shouldn't do to people, but just also just the most like ignorant condescension of just like this is all mine to do what i want with right that is just so off-putting i I don't know i mean just like it's it's hard to watch it's definitely white privilege in action 
uh, yeah. at, at its finest. My goodness. <laughs> but the real thing that bothered me the most about this was, okay, and this is certainly no disrespect to the Japanese or anybody in Asia, but you went over and did this in Asia. You went and did this in a culture that's, in, in Japan specifically, in a culture that's known for its humility um, and as he was mocking, you know, being very respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, to kind of put it in terms, there's not going to be much. I'm sure they didn't appreciate any of that shit. Yeah. But you're not going to get very much of a clap back. Like, yeah. you're not going to necessarily be at risk, mm-hmm. you know, your well-being and so on and so forth. Going there and doing that's a little bit of low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Try that shit in the hood. Exactly. And listen, full disclosure, we've been over this. I was in private school my entire life. I'm not trying to sit here and act like I'm the mouthpiece of, you know, um, the hood or whatnot. But the fact of the matter is, try that shit somewhere else, please. I would just, I would just like to see what would happen. And I, and I find no coincidence that he went there and did that. Yeah. As opposed to doing it anywhere else. It's not necessarily that he's above doing it anywhere else. Mm-hmm. But that really bothered me. This is just, you know, and it, and unfortunately, you know, there's a part of this where I look at it and it's just like par for the course. Mm. Um, there are, I would say, entirely too many people that we went to high school with that I could see doing this. <laughs> True. Um, a lot of people I went to college with, a lot of people that I know now mm-hmm. that definitely aren't above doing something like this. And, you know, it's... This is like if... Instead of like the radioactive, like instead of like the radioactive activity um, creating Godzilla, it created like a white privilege <laughs> monster. <laughs> yes, and that's also a stereotype. So maybe that I don't know, but like, um, but that's what I feel like this is him yeah. just rampaging through the streets with his white privilege. It's Basically, like, yeah. it's just so awful. And like, I think you're right. I, I do feel like Asian people generally get the worst of this kind of stuff mm-hmm. because there is that kind of tacit understanding that there won't be any repercussions Mm -hmm. and i think that's kind of like it just proves like what a fuck boy logan paul is absolutely that he's just he's not he's not really like the crazy i don't give a fuck guy that he really is he's just no you give a fuck that i I know you give a fuck because you did that in japan yeah again and your tips are frosted yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) (laughs) like this yeah yeah it's just it's kind of all par for the fraudulent course but Mm -hmm. i mean i just think that this to me is the equivalent of like I think the way you feel about like <clears throat> Ben Carson, yeah, or something. It's like it makes me ashamed. Like kind of you know, it's like it's just a bad look for for me. <laughs> Good. <kinda. laughs> Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you have a family member who's just like a hot mess. Yeah. And you're just like God. Like this is this is not painting my genetics in like a positive light here. Yeah, I think that's just kind of how. It's just embarrassing because this is such a stereotype of what everybody who, whose opinion I care about, yeah. who I would say is educated and knows like what the fuck's up and like what's going on in the world, people who I would like to associate and impress and just be friends with and have relationships with, everybody looks at this and they're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> is this what you guys do? Yeah. <laughs> and like the saddest part is I think the reason it gets to me the most is I've done shit like this, dumb shit like this, like in college. like. Yeah. You know, going around and like being a fucking asshole and recording it and like doing jackass shit. And it's like, <laughs> I'm so ashamed of that side of <laughs> Like the person I was was just such a douche. Yeah. And there were so many things that I wasn't aware of that I'm aware of now. You know, those like things that like you'll just be lying in bed and it's like two in the morning and you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh my God, like <laughs> that thing I did in college. Like, what was I thinking? Oh God. You know, like it's a lot of that shit. And, and then I see something like this and I don't necessarily think like Logan Paul is a guy who's like going to change. He doesn't strike me as somebody who has right. a lot of incentives or um, anything to, to become better, but uh, he is definitely very unaware of like any, I, I feel like he has no idea what he's even like, why he, what he's doing is so problematic. And that to me is almost as depressing because it just shows like how bankrupt like white culture is in some I was ways. just going to say, and, and that's when you have that aloofness about you, like the next place that you go to is the culture. How could somebody do something like that and be so aloof about what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> you know, but the good thing about humans is that we're created in a fashion where we can learn from our mistakes. You have room to change. You know, you would be an example of that yourself, Doug. Um, so, 
you know, maybe somewhere down the line. But in the meantime, fuck him. <laughs> fuck Ben Carson. <laughs> fuck Omarosa. You know, yeah. um, is there a Latino in Trump's cabinet somewhere? <laughs> like, whoever that may be. <laughs> like, <laughs> just, no, nah. no, 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 no. You know, get back to me maybe when you have changed and we'll take it under consideration. And maybe we'll put you on like parole for you. Yeah. Know, yeah, <laughs> for your transgressions. You need like a five-year probation period <laughs> yeah, before I can trust real. you, Logan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you and um, your brother have just done too many things. Too many. too many else. Yeah, I mean, his brother, like he, there was. I don't know if you remember that, but a few months back, there was all those articles about him. He was getting kicked out of his his house in West Hollywood because everybody in the neighborhood just basically said, like, we don't want this guy here. He's literally the biggest piece of shit in the yeah. world. He's like. He's up till like five in the morning. He's breaking shit. He's setting things on fire. He's playing loud music. <laughs> he's just a fucking maniac. Like this guy is like a ridiculous human being. And then they showed a picture of him at a Seven Eleven, and it's like it's just such a bro. He's got like his hair all messed up. He's in pajamas, just like eating a snack. It's like frosted tips. It's just not a good. All oh, this is not a good look for for white people in general. I don't know. Yeah. I just want improvement, I guess. <laughs> we all want improvement. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just want this to get better, I guess. That's really my big takeaway. I don't know. All right, everybody. That's it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. We love you as always. Yes, thank you as always. This week, we have the Donnies continuing. We're going to have a video every day for the next five days. So they will be wrapping up this week. So you can check that out. Uh, as usual, you can listen to us on SoundCloud, 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 <laughs> iTunes. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook. Chad's been killing it there. And uh, theamericanrace.net. Uh, I put up a new post and um, our videos are up there. And yeah, so check it out. Check us out. If you have the contact information for any of our Donnie winners, please tell them to come get these trophies. Yeah, dude. They're just, they're just collecting Stacking dust over here. Up. They're filling up space. Seriously. And, uh, you know, I put a lot of love and care and you know a lot of tlc into those so well, we can always melt them down that's true we can always melt them down 100 pure student dead so pure cardboard yep nope, it's not gonna get us anywhere okay all right guys we'll see you next week take it easy